today is for the northwest to Torhead, Belfast to Banbridge, and across to Fermanagh. In other words, it's going to be lashing all over the country. Johnny's right. Best again. A glorious goal by Best. Hello everyone and welcome to this very special episode of Barry Phillips Meets, which is a bit different to previous episodes. Instead of the usual single long interview format, today's episode features a series of interviews with representatives of Northern Ireland's Polish community. The Poles first came to work in Northern Ireland in big numbers when Polish citizens were granted the right of free movement as EU members in May 2004. Many were keen to leave Poland because economically times were hard, and certainly for the younger generation, their future looked bleak. In the early 80s in Poland, during the throes of the last communist regime and martial law, so many Poles were trying to leave or defect that the joke was, with the last one out of the country, please remember to turn off the light. In the mid-noughties, the joke appeared just as relevant. Many found employment here and were grateful for any type of work, for it was guaranteed to provide more money than they could expect to earn at home. They worked as cleaners for Robinsons, or as labourers in Camden Frames, Sam Mouldings, or on the assembly line at what was then Schrader, or in construction during the mini-boom in 2007 to 2009. While some worked in the health service as nurses, carers or doctors, Large numbers were overqualified for the jobs they first took, but with limited English and no contacts here, to many it was about getting on any rung of the ladder and then making their way from there. The arrival of hundreds, then thousands of Poles, brought change to Northern Ireland. Suddenly, almost overnight, there was a sizable third group of people here, Sure, Northern Ireland did have other groups of people, such as the Indian and Chinese community, but these were relatively small in number, well settled and accepted. Journalists commented that since the Good Friday Agreement, the two communities, Protestant and Catholic, so long in conflict, might need another enemy and openly worried that they would look for one elsewhere. The Polish community had closer connections to Britain than they did Ireland, for their role in the British RAF is well documented. But largely Catholic by religion, they may have expected a warm welcome from the other side of the community too. The Polish changed the conversation when it came to race and ethnicity issues in Northern Ireland. They increased the labour pool significantly at a time when many employers here were struggling to find workers. Suddenly, there was another language to be heard in Tesco when you shopped. It sounded nothing like English or Irish and was largely unintelligible. But what were they saying? What were they saying about locals? What did they think of what they saw? And how did we make them feel when they arrived? I set out to find out. Gregory Raddock arrived here in September 2004, first getting a job at the International Airport at the food court, cooking breakfast at four in the morning. When I asked him what brought him here, it appeared to be a combination of things, including Boney M's hit song, Belfast. 
One of the first calls I had in response to my CV was from a temporary uh, work agency based in England yeah. who were recruiting for food courts at the airport. And yeah. so after pass, passing the initial interviews, we were asked about our location preference, uh, Stansted, Luton, or Belfast. Somehow Belfast sounded most familiar, and most <laughs> other candidates were adamant to stay in London or close to London, so I signed up for Belfast. Wow. So it was as simple as that. You just liked the name or the, the kind of the, the branding that went with it in your own mind? Uh, it's probably that I never heard about Stansted or Luton. Yeah. Never before. Yeah. And uh, Belfast was like most familiar name of a place. Perhaps mm -hmm. the only the only mention of Belfast back then for me was uh, in a Bonnie M song, Belfast. But that's, that's as far I can go. When I put the same question to Magic Bator, who arrived here at the end of 2004, he told me he came here because a recruitment agency had already lined up a job for him at Moy Park on the chicken conveyor belt. But when I asked him what impressions he had of the place when he had first arrived, this is what he said. So I think basically when I decided to come to Northern Ireland, I have a slightly false impression about this place. Uh, obviously, uh, I knew that Northern Ireland was going through, uh, through a conflict. Uh, back in the day, uh, the only thing which you could hear about Northern Ireland in Poland was when something bad was happening. So uh, if there was a, if there were riots or maybe uh, you know a terrorist attack, Polish media would report on that. Uh, so our impression of Northern Ireland was very negative. We thought that uh, you know Northern Ireland is being put on fire every se second night, and every single person living in Northern Ireland is, inv is involved in terrorism. Uh, we didn't hear much about, uh, for example, uh, uh, Protestant paramilitary groups. The only group that we knew about uh, was uh, IRA. Uh, and actually, you know, we, I, I really thought that Northern Ireland going to be quite a scary place, uh, place to live. But at the same time, I think, because I was traveling most, I was in Europe, I was traveling most around uh, Southern Europe. Yeah. I was hoping that uh, part of Northern Ireland would be like Spain or Italy, where people on, you know, uh, nice warm evenings would actually go out and yeah. sit in the cafes and enjoy maybe you know an espresso or a glass of wine okay. or a beer uh, and i was hoping that i can actually you know have that lifestyle but just how welcome did we make the polish feel i put that question to gregory i felt welcome i mean i never i never experienced any issues uh, mm -hmm. probably uh, i mean i actually met a number of people who who, who helped me to to to, me, to make turns into right directions, fed me with good ideas, and simply supported my efforts to 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 tune in. And mm -hmm. as to um, well, I have had really really problems. Probably the only issue I had, but I can attribute it only to being a non-local not specifically being from Poland or Eastern Europe, was yeah. the behavior of one of the landlords who believed, um, who believed me to be an easy target for his cheating practice. And when I asked Maciek about his welcome, this is what he said. I think basically, you know, so far, if I'll have to focus on the last 16 years of me living in Northern Ireland, uh, I had much more 
I have more positive stories to tell than the negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I was one of the first people who came to uh, Moira in 2004, and I was one of the first Polish people that were actually employed by, by Moy Park around that time. Mm-hmm. So it was quite interesting because we were actually um, a novelty for local people. Mm-hmm. And uh, very often, uh, uh, local people that were actually employed in Moy Park were approaching us uh, asking questions about Poland uh, and about our, uh, you know, our culture, our uh, day-to-day life in Poland. Some questions were actually quite interesting. Uh, some were silly. Uh, for example, questions such: Do you have uh, do you have television in Poland? Do you have electricity in Poland? Uh, did you ever try to eat orange? You know, very mm. very silly question. And I think at some stage we were actually taking advantage of it. Uh, and we were saying, obviously, you know, things that were not uh, accurate, yeah. uh, because for us it was fun. Yeah. It was funny to do. But yeah. uh, I think it was like the, the the first relationship with Northern Ireland. Uh, my, my 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 relationship with Northern Ireland and Northern Irish people were based more on uh, being curious. Uh, than anything else because uh, local people didn't know much about Poland about Polish people Uh, they didn't uh, know they had no idea about our religious background or or anything like that so they were just asking plenty of questions my own experience of employing Polish people began in mid-2004 and it's something I shall never forget one day we had a visitor in the office it was probably June 2004 the receptionist a young girl fresh out of school called me and asked me to attend to the reception area as quickly as possible because she said there was someone with her who was acting a bit strange in the office who couldn't seem to understand her. Standing by her desk was a guy in his early 30s, reasonably well-dressed, but looking, I guess, slightly out of sorts. Hello, I'm Barry Phillips, head of the company, I said. How can I help you? His reply was short and to the point. Work he said. Oh, what sort of work are you looking for? I asked. Work, he replied. There was a pause as we both worked out which way to go with this encounter. Passport, I said, hoping it was pretty much the same word in his own language. He produced his Polish passport, indicating that his first name was Marek. As luck would have it, we did have work available starting the following Monday. We needed 2,000 brochures to be stuffed into as many envelopes. And I knew that if I couldn't find anyone to do it, I would have to do it myself. Marek, I said, grabbing hold of a calendar. Today, Friday. Tomorrow, Saturday. Then Sunday. Then Monday. You back here, 9am, I said pointing to the number nine on my watch. Interview? He said. No, work, I replied. A big smile came on his face and off he trotted. Over the weekend, I thought about the courage it must have taken for this guy to arrive in a completely new country that was totally unfamiliar to him and to go cold calling for work when the only two words that you know are work and interview. He left after five days and he seemed quite happy. And we didn't see him for a very long time. In fact, it was about three years afterwards that I saw somebody that I 
thought I recognised at Antrim train station. Marrick? Is that you, I said. He replied, work, with a big smile on his face, and I laughed. By now his English was fluent, and he was able to fill me in on his backstory. He said he had arrived to Northern Ireland in about mid-2004, and had overheard some Polish people in Tesco talking about jobs available at a factory near to where my company, Legal Island, was based. He said he had come to us, thinking we were them. He hadn't found them, but he had found a job and vital income to help him pay the first week's rent. He was broke at the time, and he needed every penny. But what sort of numbers came here after 2004? And what sort of skills were they bringing to Northern Ireland? I caught up with Jerome Mullen, the honorary consul for Poland in Northern Ireland, to find out. The height actually from 2004 onwards, when they started to come, uh, it built up to a level of, we reckon, of the region of 50,000. 50,000. Uh, Poles, yes. And uh, that was at the very height. And then it started to sort of drop, you know, after uh, 2008. As a, some, particularly those that were employed in the construction sector. Yeah. Uh, and there were, there were large numbers that were employed at that time in the, in the construction sector would have left and gone elsewhere, right. either back to Poland or maybe more likely to other countries of, 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 of Europe. And yeah. how many are here now? The estimation is in the region of 35,000. Oh. Uh, it's still the very, uh, very much the largest population yeah. with a growing children, child population yeah. as well. Uh, we have, uh, we have, um, 11, 11 Polish schools throughout Northern Ireland, maybe 12 even now, um, that have children, uh, uh, you know, some of the schools would have uh, uh, well over 100 children in, in, in the school. Now, when I talk about Polish schools, I'm talking about uh, supplementary Saturday schools uh, that uh, teach their, uh, the, the children that have been born here, their culture, their language, uh, you know, and, and all about their own, their own yeah. uh, roots and country. The skills that they mainly brought was were very much within the, uh, the heavy industries, the engineering, uh, the, uh, in joinery in the building sector, electrical uh, engineering, but they also brought skills within the health sector too as well, doctors and nurses, care workers, uh, and, and those particular uh, sector, those particular people. They, they have been greatly valued and are making currently uh, within our health service a very important and valuable contribution uh, to to uh, a very stretched health service that we have in Northern Ireland as a whole, where we need uh, new doctors and nurses all around the place. We have great shortages at the moment, and they have um, made a great contribution. Even within the general practitioners, I know many GPs, that actually are uh, within practices throughout Northern Ireland that are wonderful doctors mm-hmm. and are uh, greatly valued and, and thought of uh, within, within, within the, uh, those particular communities. I also asked Jerome what challenges the Poles were facing when they first came here and what sort of things he was having to deal with in his role as honorary consul. I would get calls, uh, you know, uh, to do with passports, uh, you know, the, the, the renewal of passports, uh, issues that would have come up with regarding uh, problems with employment uh, at work, places at work, uh, issues around discrimination. Indeed, I would have had some of them. 
and I have had to deal with some great tragedies. Uh, I remember uh, Barry in, in, in the first two months of my uh, uh, position as honorary consul, I had to deal with, um, I think it was around six suicides, oh. uh, which was quite uh, upsetting. Yeah. Uh, and hard to to deal with and to try to you know um help help the families that were uh, uh, you know affected by those bigger deaths i don't know why uh, there was such a, a sudden uh, a thing but um, but that's what happened and i've had of course others since and of course i've had natural natural deaths yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that that would also have featured quite a, a a lot in terms of uh, people who have who have who've got ill and died here, and yeah. I've had to deal with their funerals and try to arrange and to make it as smooth as possible to have either the body brought back to yeah. to, to their home country or, or or for a cremation. What about the children that were coming with all the adult workers? What was their experience of having to settle down and settle into a completely new country? I put this question to Kaya Homar, who's a personal trainer based in Belfast. She came to Northern Ireland when just 14 years of age in 2005. I find that people would literally talk about me in front of me, assuming that, you know, they can because sure, she's stupid and she doesn't understand anyway. And obviously, like, you know, as the time went by, you know, I could, I would understand what they were saying. Um, examples of just people seeing an easy victim and just going after that. So any sort of slagging, any, you know, sort of name calling. Um, and it was just on everyday basis. So it was basically people mocking me and people teasing me and me being completely unable to respond. Kaya went on to deliver a very powerful TEDx talk at Stormont in 2016 to talk about her early experiences in school in Northern Ireland and the importance of accepting difference. I asked her how she remembers her early schooling now, almost 14 years later, and this is what she said. I think I probably remember it exactly the same in terms of the experience was very traumatic the experience was very difficult and we're not just talking about the initial couple of weeks at school mm -hmm. we are talking the first five years or probably until I finished my A-levels and until I moved to Belfast um, but I find now it's sort of like having this chip on your shoulder even though it was so difficult and even though it was like I would never wish it on anyone to go through experience like yeah. that. <clears throat> For me now, I feel like it forced me to mature. It forced me to look at things in a completely different way. And it probably forced me in a particular direction when it comes to my career, when it, where, when it comes to the things that I want to do in my life, because I never want anyone to experience what I experienced. And I never want anyone to feel what I felt, mm -hmm. which I think partially made me a very um, empathetic person to yeah. the extremes where sometimes my empathy actually works against me. Yeah. Um, but that was, even though I look at it the same, I still see that as an extremely painful time of my life. I can see now the value that it brought to, you know, building me into the person that eventually I became. I found Natalia Ronska had a similar experience at school here. Natalia now works in Antrim Forum as a lifeguard and sports attendant. She first came to Northern Ireland aged just 11, after her father found work here. I asked her how she felt as she approached her first day at school, 
knowing next to no English at all. Mum, I don't remember like everything, but Mum says I cried for three months straight, like before and whenever I started school as well. Because the thing is, I joined in P7, which is probably the worst yeah. idea because obviously they've started from P1. They know mm-hmm. each other, you know, yeah. they've made memories, they went on trips. And there's a new girl coming in who can't speak to you. So you can, I think now I understand maybe why the kids maybe didn't get on with me so well at the start. But it was very, very difficult. And how did you find your classmates did take to you? What sort of welcome did you feel from them? A lot of laughter. That's definitely, I just remember people laughing at me and like, you know, I feel like they were always talking about me, but I obviously didn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. But I remember standing in the assembly one time and all the boys were like laughing and they all turned around and looked at me. And I just remember start crying because they just, you know, you just felt like, you know, they were laughing at you. Yeah. But they could have said anything. And I, you know, I don't know at the point, like at this point, I don't remember. But um, I remember I spent loads of my lunch times and breaks with the younger kids. Because, you know, they were like the P1s and P2s, they didn't really care. So I think I just sat with them and like kind of socialised that way. Or I was in the bathroom crying half of the time. So it was until I learned how to like communicate then, you know, I got friends and like we were doing stuff then. But the first while was horrible. But I wondered whether there were any local heroes, people who really did welcome the Polish here and actually went to some effort to help them settle and to integrate. Here's Natalia again. I was lucky as well because there was a lady here. She was working in one of the offices and she like helped loads of Polish like people at the time. And she introduced us to a woman we now call her my auntie, yeah. <laughs> like twelve years ago. And she like she didn't know much Polish. She knew like a couple of words, yeah. but she helped with all our homeworks and like reading and stuff. So wow. she used to come to our house and she'd done it for free. She didn't want any money for Goodness it. Me, what a- what a great person. Yeah, she was just an angel. Can you um, tell us her name? So yeah, that's my auntie out. Alex now. So yeah, 14 years later, well, 12 years later, sorry. And like, we see her all the time now. She's just like family now. It right. was At the start, it was really just, you know, educational and stuff. Mm. And then you just kind of like, you know, you went to her and she just made you feel like you were at home. And now you have wow. part of family here. So yeah. yeah, and now it just works both ways. We'll go for tea to her house. Natalia, by the way, went on to get eight GCSEs and four A-levels and a 2-1 degree from the University of Ulster. Not bad for somebody who came here age 11, speaking no English. Here's Gregory again on the subject of local heroes. Well, the first person, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply grateful for doing, to, for doing so was uh, Damon Lynch, uh, the owner of the Black Box. Yeah, and uh, um, he was he was a real great mentor, a bit of a father figure actually to me. He was a little bit he he was protecting me a little bit from um, one or two guys who were working with me and who probably have a bit of you know distance of hiring a foreign guy because I was the first foreign uh, employee. Yeah, uh, but uh, he did it in so such a skilled and uh, good way that mm-hmm. uh, neither neither of them uh, felt like oh big big uh, big boss is protecting this guy, yeah. and neither me 
to felt to to you know to not feel good with it or yeah, being or, happy. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or patronized or what have you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he, he also we, we had some some talks on quite you know personal level, not really work related. Yeah. Uh, he gave me some tips as uh, as to how to how to behave in situations which uh, which he observed I wasn't probably you know understanding the situation well and mm -hmm. he also did it with a with a great skill and uh, the ways that that worked for me and uh, you know kept yeah. our good relationship so here we are some 15 years after the polish first started coming to northern ireland in sizable numbers what has been their most important contribution since arriving I put it to Jerome Mullen, the honorary consul, that prior to the arrival of the Polish community, we were still largely bicultural. What changed when they arrived? We had. We had indeed. And I think, you see, that was one of the great uh, uh, things that I think happened, uh, actually, and was one of the most wonderful things that happened, which was that it actually opened us up as a community. As if you like, we, we, we were, if you, in a kind of way, two communities, right? Within, within Northern Ireland. But we were, we were obsessed with ourselves. Yeah. So we were with each other. And now suddenly we have this large community that has come yeah. here. Both the Poles and the many others that came here from other countries came here. They opened us up. Yeah. They, 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 they enriched us, I think. Yes. Our, 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 our society. And they, uh, they kind of, uh, if you like, uh, stopped us ourselves being obsessed with each other. Yeah. If you like, in that, in that, in that sense. Now, the word, the, the word disadvantage, I often said that, you know, when the stop, start of, uh, when the discrimination stopped against each other that was going on for the 30 years of our conflict, uh, they then turned maybe to the, to our new communities to take out their, their vengeance and their, their, their hate, if you like. On those people, and that was a that was a sad particular, you know, yeah. the, you know, consequence yeah. of of those communities together. But I think now the thing has settled down, uh, and they, they, the communities that are here have become part of us and have been accepted. I think, you know, uh, by and large, by the by the community. Still on the subject of the Poles' contribution to Northern Ireland since they arrived in 2004, here's Maciek Bator again. I don't want to sound too optimistic uh, about uh, Polish people having a positive impact uh, on Northern Ireland. Uh, but uh, what I really want to say, or what I can say is that uh, I think we were the first migrant community that became very visible in Northern Ireland. Uh, historically, yes, there were uh, Chinese and Indian uh, migration in Northern Ireland, but these two groups were mainly uh, sticking to themselves. In terms of employment, they were employed by uh, takeaways, uh, and there was not, you know, the, the in interaction between uh, Chinese and Indian and the local community wasn't wasn't uh, very visible. Uh, we came here uh, to Northern Ireland. Majority of people had no idea about the previous history of Northern Ireland. And we decided to blend in. Uh, despite our uh, religious background, we were actually uh, living in Protestant areas. A majority of Polish people would be coming from a Catholic background. Uh, we didn't care about you know, the Catholic-Protestant division. 
Uh, we suddenly became uh, visible in workplaces across Northern Ireland. You could find the Polish people living in Belfast, which is the largest city, but also in the smallest villages. Uh, so I think we actually were the first uh, migrant population that started to dilute the green and orange perspective mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you ask me actually about the most uh, important uh, aspect of Polish people uh, living in Northern Ireland, I would say... Uh, I would say this is this is this th- that is it that we basically started to dilute the mm-hmm. local uh, indigenous population. Northern Ireland has changed hugely since the turn of the millennia, and the Polish community has been a significant part of this change. Although there have been incidents of open discrimination and hostility towards the Polish here, thankfully they have been relatively few in number, and nothing like what many were fearing might be the case. Poles brought us skills and labour. They opened up new markets for us in Poland. The fact that a number of indigenous companies now have operations in Poland is not unconnected, I'm sure, to the Polish community here that we now have. Of course, we have a number of new airline routes to beautiful cities such as Gdansk, Warsaw and Krakow that wouldn't exist but for the Polish community here. But above all, the Poles changed the conversation when it came to community relations here. It's no longer about the two communities anymore. They opened up our talent pool, new markets to us. But most of all, they helped us open up our minds too.